With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Have you decided to help the Convoy of Care? I hope so. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can help us here at WSB Radio. You can uh, help us by donating uh, to provide bottled water. Uh, anybody who won- wants to donate, they can come by WSB at 1601 west peachtree street this week and donate bottled water uh, we've already filled up a tractor trailer we're filling up more we are taking water to texas and uh, i realize the irony of that but you know the, the water they have they can't drink and have you seen the pictures of the fire ants good lord i never knew this so they they attach themselves to each other and make these balls that form barges and they float across the water and in Texas, people are getting these mounds, giant mounds of fire ants uh, parking on their lawn and, and detangling and spreading. Oh, I'm allergic to them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a, a bad situation. I, I have to say, though, the left in the United States has finally decided to embrace religion. When it comes to Hurricane Harvey, if you listen to them, Uh, There was a religious cause. Mother Nature has been slighted, and she is punishing. Uh, She is punishing Texas. She's punishing the oil and gas industry. She is is blighting the world. Uh, It is like God. Um, And, you, you know, so, I mean, just listen to this for a minute. Now, the earth was corrupt in God's sight. And the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and out with pitch. You know the story. This is Noah's ark. God saw sin in the world, and he sent a giant flood to wash away the sin. That is exactly how the left is explaining Hurricane Harvey. That the world, that mankind has sinned against Mother Nature, creating global warming. And Mother Nature now is using Harvey to punish Texas 
and the oil and gas industry, there are straight-faced pundits on television saying such things, that this is all climate change. Never mind that the meteorologists out there are saying this isn't climate change. And by the way, if it was climate change, if Hurricane Harvey were because of climate change, should we not be praising climate change for 10 years of no hurricanes? I, I mean, it, we've been saying now for 15 years that there was climate change and climate change was going to cause more and more terrible storms. And in fact, the opposite happened. We've had less and less storms and the storms we've had have been less violent. And forget all of the hoo-ha over Sandy. Sandy was nothing compared to other storms. What the left wants you to ignore and what every meteorologist out there is pointing out is that both in New York and New Jersey with Sandy and in Houston with Harvey, there's been an explosion of impermeable surfaces. There is more asphalt and concrete on the ground now in Houston than when the last hurricane hit Houston. As a result, all of that water collects. It doesn't absorb into the ground. It runs off into uh, drainage ditches, then flows into bayous, and the bayous back up. In just a decade ago, there was enough permeable soil that the water could absorb, and that's not happening now. That has nothing to do with climate change. Now, is Harvey a record breaker? Is it dropping record breaking rain? Yes. But why do we call it a record breaker? We call it a record breaker because it broke someone else's record, another storm's record. And that record was set a long time ago before anyone was considering climate change or consider the hurricane in Galveston in 1900, well before climate change was on the radar, before scientists today even point a finger at climate change. It was far more destructive. But according to the left, weather is not climate unless it serves a political purpose, a religious purpose for them. This is Mother Nature smiting Texas for the oil and gas industry. Is there a why to this? Why there is so much water associated with this storm? One of the things we've heard from scientists over the last 10 years is that climate change does impact the intensity of many of the storms that we see. I'm probably wouldn't attribute what we're looking at here. This is not an uncommon occurrence. Could climate change be fueling the history-making nature of this storm? It's a question a lot of people are wondering. So watch out. There could be more monster hurricanes to come. And that's that the theory that climate change is impacting all of this. Well, we're not sure. Okay. The local officials in Houston didn't have any plans to study the effects of climate change in the city or think about whether the city needs to plan for more frequent and more intense rainstorms, which most scientists say are sure thing. We do have a changing climate. We do have warming waters. With warming waters, you get more uh, moisture coming into the atmosphere. And what hurricanes absolutely love is moisture because that gives them rainfall. And that's what's happened in this situation with Hurricane Harvey. Sure. That there is no doubt right. that climate change makes, because of, particularly because of warming the ocean waters and the Gulf waters, makes storms like this more common. Ago, President Trump signed an executive order rolling back an Obama era uh, regulation which required all government construction to take into account the flood risk which was being caused and the future flood risk being caused uh, by climate change now I, this goes on for the, another minute and a half i don't have to play it all the point here is that every single person you heard in that audio saying that hurricane harvey had nothing to do with climate change was an actual scientist and every single person in that audio you heard that said it had everything to do with climate change was not a scientist. The left just wants to hear what it wants to hear on this. 
Harvey has nothing to do with climate change. And if it did, then they need to explain why for the past 10 years there have been no hurricanes. Because one hurricane in a 10-year period, uh, they should treat that as a good thing. But they don't. Because they only want to highlight the bad, not the good. And they want to tie everything to climate change, even if there's nothing to do with climate change. It is 25 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's go to Ben in Canton. Ben, welcome to the program. Hey, Eric. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Doing good, man. Love the show. Love what you're doing. I love the fact that you always bring up God and his sovereignty uh, into your show. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. So, um, as I was listening to you earlier talk about Noah's Ark, it just really made something you know, resonate with me. The idea that the Bible says that if we don't praise his name, then even the rocks shall cry out. And I think we, we neglect to think about the idea that maybe that's really what's happening with climate change. We have neglected the fact that God's in control, that Jesus is supposed to be being praised for the fact that we have life. And we stop doing that, and things are changing because the rocks are crying out, because everything in this world is wanting to praise the name of Jesus. And, well, uh, you know, listen, it. there may be some truth to that, Ben. Good luck convincing the left. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, it, it really exactly is, right. it's crazy to me how, well, you know, it, one of the things in, in apologetics, for example, uh, you probably know, and, and people who've ever taken an apologetics class know, is that one of the arguments about Christianity is that uh, the other religions do reflect truth, that you presume Christianity is true. Well, Obviously, other religions, because we're all made in God's image, they're going to have bits and pieces of it. And, and you hear more and more increasingly in secular society in the United States, religious rhetoric for secular causes, whether it is um, on same-sex marriage or transgenderism or climate change, environmentalism in general, uh, they, they use religious rhetoric. In fact, it was the Obama campaign in 2008 uh, that is seriously poll-tested and focus-grouped uh, its campaign strategies and concluded that if the president used religious near-messianic rhetoric, he would draw in people who were looking to be part of something greater than themselves uh, but had rejected the church. And what you saw in 2008 and 2009 is you had a bunch of millennials and secular atheists who were looking for something they gave up Buddhism and their yoga class, and they went and joined the Obama campaign. They had been in search of something greater than themselves. They had rejected church and Christendom, and they found Barack Obama, and they treated him as their savior. And that's what the left does these days. They replace worship of the creator with worship of creation, and they bring in religious rhetoric to justify their actions. We see this with Antifa on the streets out there. It is 539. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. As you probably know, um, we good right now in the Atlanta area. Um, there is rain south of us, but in the Atlanta area, there's we, we're, we're good. So don't worry about it for now. 
Melania Trump, the, the media seems obsessed about her. By the way, the phone number 404-872-0750-1800, WSB Talk. Melania Trump just can't win for losing. The media this morning freaked out. The president of the United States wearing khaki pants, they'll have you know. Headed off to Marine One to fly over to Andrews Air Force Base to catch Air Force One to fly to Texas. And Melania went with him. And on her way out the door, she was wearing stiletto heels. <gasps> Doesn't she know? What's she trying to do? Aerate the lawns? I mean, there were actual reporters making these comments that she must think she's going to aerate the lawns. Does she not know she's going to sink and get stuck? All of these things. They were making these comments. And then lo and behold, she gets off Air Force One in Texas, and she's wearing a cap that says FLOTUS across the top. Doesn't she know only Michelle Obama can do that? Oh, my God. How dare she? I mean, liberals were outraged. She dared to claim the title FLOTUS. She is the First Lady of the United States. She's allowed to. But they were livid that she wore a cap that said it. And she wasn't wearing stilettos anymore. She was wearing tennis shoes, sneakers for some of you. And they were horrified by that. I mean, they were upset when she was wearing stilettos. They were upset when she was wearing tennis shoes. She, she, can't, she can't win. It doesn't matter what this lady does. The press comes up with a reason to hate her because they don't like her, they don't like her husband. Which really is the most shallow thing on earth. That you, you don't like him, so you must hate her. It's ridiculous. She has done nothing to offend them. She has done nothing to offend anyone. She has done nothing wrong. And yet the press wants to savage her because she's married to him. I thought everyone was supposed to be judged based on their own actions, not who they were associated with. I thought that she was not supposed to be tied to her husband because she's a woman and modern feminism wouldn't bind her to her husband. But say she's an individual. No, 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 no. Not Melania Trump. You're not allowed to separate her from her husband. She is just his shadow. It really is ridiculous. The outrage over the visit is ridiculous. The president of the United States went to Texas. You know, I'm really good friends with Anna Navarro. I, I, I adore her. I get an email from her every week or so uh, checking on my wife. She is a, a great friend. She was on CNN earlier saying she wasn't sure the president needed to go to Texas because he'd be a distraction. Um, she's getting blown up for it. I, I don't think she should get blown up for it. It's a reasonable statement. I disagree with her, though. I think if the president did not go to Texas, the media would be savaging the president. But the president has gone to Texas, so the media is savaging the president. It is an example of this president not being able to do anything without the media attacking him. If the president came out tomorrow and walked on the waters of Houston, the press would attack him for not knowing how to swim. They would. It's that bad. I'm not a fan of the guys. I criticize him. And, you know, it, Charlie reminds me, President Bush, remember, he flew over Air Force, in Air Force One looking down at the floods and they attacked him for that because they said he needed to be on the ground. And President Bush said he didn't want to be a distraction from the relief workers because they would have had to divert security to protect him. 
So here goes this president to Texas, to disaster, and they're attacking him. You cannot win with the left. You cannot win with the media. It is hypocritical and farcical. But that's the American media these days, uh, double standard. If she was a Democrat, if he was a Democrat, and nothing else had changed, they would be defending him. They would. By the way, I, I want to deviate here for just uh, one minute and tell you about some event that is now in the news today that I was involved with. I couldn't actually go to the meeting this weekend. It was Evelyn's birthday, and we had other family matters to attend to. Uh, but for the last month or so, I have been participating in the drafting of what is being called the Nashville Statement. Uh, I was asked, uh, believe it or not, some people consider me an evangelical leader in this country. I don't know why, but they do. Uh, and I was asked to join Wayne Grudem and John Piper and Russell Moore, Rosary Butterfield, Francis Chan, and a number of prominent uh, theological leaders in the country, interdenominational, Catholic, Orthodox, Anglican, Protestant, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, you name it, uh, in a, a statement on uh, biblical uh, marriage and gender roles. And it essentially, this statement, uh, called the Nashville Statement now, affirms that marriage is between a man and a woman and that to embrace other forms of marriage is a sin and that uh, sin in the Bible is, is sin still. Uh, whether it's, it's homosexuality or alcoholism or lying or you name it, the Bible says they're sins and we don't have the power to say they're not sins only god does and he hasn't and that god made people male and female and we can't uh change that the outrage of course from the left over this is hysterical this evening as the statement has become public uh i do want you to know i'm one of the initial signatories of it and i hope if you were a churchgoer you may put it before your church it is the nashville statement you can google it uh, the council on biblical manhood and womenhood uh, organize the effort to put it together and uh, the left is having a meltdown on it but it's a statement it just cites the bible that's it and i find it always deeply ironic and humorous that the people screaming about evangelicals being divisive are the ones who are leaving the faith uh, while the rest of us are just standing still on what we've always believed but yet we're supposedly the divisive ones it is going to be making more headlines um, and it'll be making more people angry nonetheless if you want to check into it, uh, I've put something up at theresurgent.com. You can go there. You can text WSB to 444-999, and that'll be, it'll be in the email in the morning. You can get more information. And you can refer it to your local church as well if your church might want to adopt something like that as a statement for your whole church. It is 55 after the hour, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Them's the numbers. When we come back, we got to talk about North Korea. Well, we, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. This North Korean thing, they have launched a missile over Japan. Now, normally what North Korea does is it sends a missile up uh, over the ocean. It doesn't actually go over another country. This one went over Japan, which essentially is an act of war. And there are more than one person freaked out by what Japan has done. Um, it is, or what Japan is, what North Korea has done. And yet the world doesn't seem to be doing anything. And what I really think is happening is we've got a big shakedown going on and North Korea wants money and the president of the United States is not paying up. And what I find so interesting here is this is one of those things I think President Trump is doing right by. 
he's cleaning up the messes of Bill Clinton, George Bush, and Barack Obama. And people don't want to give him credit for that. He is dealing with a situation where North Korea has been able to rattle stabers in the past and gotten money from the United States, and he's not paying. And we should be praising him. I want to spend some time on that. But also, uh, John Bolton saying he can't get through to the president anymore about Iran. And the, the Orpheum in Memphis saying it's not going to show Gone with the Wind anymore. Seriously. They don't want to show it. It's nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is WSB. Welcome to Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Uh, just real quick here. Want to get into North Korea, but I just have been flooded with people uh, in the last 15 minutes or so asking me who all signed this Nashville statement. If you weren't with me in the last half hour, uh, I got asked to be one of the original initial signatories to the Nashville Statement, which was put together by the um, Council for Biblical Manhood and Womenhood. And basically, it is a, um, a modern creed within the church, if you will. It was very ecumenical, Catholics, Orthodox, Anglicans, Protestants coming together to form this statement. We've been working on it for months now. I did very little work on it. I was just asked to sign it. Uh, and uh, essentially it affirms that marriage is between a man and a woman, and we don't get to pick our gender. And liberals are livid. The mayor of Nashville actually tweeted out that she was so disappointed uh, that we would engage in such bigotry in a city as progressive as Nashville. Well, all, all of the statements coming out of this group are named after the city in which they were signed. But anyway, people wanted to ask... Um, if it wasn't just me, who else signed the statement? Here are some of the names you can probably recognize. Uh, Denny Burke, John Piper, James Dobson, Russell Moore, J.I. Packer, Wayne Grudem, Al Moeller, Tony Perkins, D.A. Carson, R.C. Spruill, John MacArthur, Rosaria Butterfield, Francis Chan, Marvin Alasky, Ligon Duncan, um, uh, Alistair Begg, uh, Mark Dever, Kevin DeYoung, Frank Page, uh, James Merritt from here in Atlanta, and Bryant Wright from here in Atlanta. Uh, James Merritt's at Cross Point Church, and Bryant Wright is at Johnson Ferry Baptist Church. Um, J.D. Greer's on there, James McDonald, who is on the President's Evangelical Leadership Panel, uh, Jerry Johnson, Karen Swallow Priors. There are m over 100 people. Uh, Johnny Hunt, the First Baptist Church at Woodstock, uh, is one of the, the signers as well. There are a whole just tons of people. Um, I was very honored uh, to be asked to be one of the initial signatories of the statement. Um, you can go to cbmw.org if you want to get a copy of it, or if you just text WSB to 444-999, WSB to 444-999. Uh, in my morning email, you'll get something on it. You can go to theresurgent.com. I've written something about it. Uh, what it is, why it's important, why you should sign it to, you're allowed to put your name on it, uh, why your church should embrace it. Now, let's get into North Korea. They have launched a missile, and it has gone over Japan. This comes on the heels of North Korea saying that it can, well, actually, I take it back. They haven't said, American intelligence has said they have been able to modify a nuke to be able to put on a missile warhead, which is a technical feat. And in doing so, they continue to saber rattle. Now, the important takeaway here 
is I am increasingly convinced that North Korea has no intention of bombing anyone. What is happening is North Korea needs money. And in the past, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama, all of them, whenever North Korea pulled a stunt like this, gave them money to have them stop. It is just like a kid throwing a temper tantrum. Your kids learn quickly that if you give them what they want when they throw a temper tantrum, they are going to throw temper tantrums. North Korea is a kid. It is a childlike regime. It is throwing a temper tantrum because it wants money from us, and this president is not going to give it to him. And for anything this president may do that I disagree with, I agree a million percent with his policy on North Korea. Do not take the bait. Do not allow the shakedown. Do not do this because they will just do more of it. Uh, and we should all be applauding him not doing what the three prior administrations did, all three of which made the situation worse. So the catch here is Iran. It seems very clear that individuals in the Trump administration are working very hard to get him to not walk back Barack Obama's Iran deal. In fact, oh, Lord, it, it's I, I, I swear you get over 40 and, and your brain just disappears on you for a while. The, our, our former U.N. ambassador has written a Bolton, John Bolton, good gracious. I'm like picturing him. I can see the bushy mustache and the wavy hair. I'm like, I know this guy. I've had dinner with him. Why can't I say his name? John Bolton has written an op-ed at National Review that he's tried to go through official channels, proper channels, to have a meeting with the president to tell him not to reauthorize the Iran deal. And the people at the White House uh, won't let him have access to the president, who he previously had access to on a regular basis. Now, why is this? Well, the chief, there's nothing super sinister here, and you should know that. What is here is that the National Security Administration, the regime, the bureaucracy, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, whatever slur you want to attribute to it, they believe in the status quo. If Donald Trump were to set in place something tomorrow about North Korea, when next a Democratic president became president, the deep state would try to scuttle any change that they made. In the same way that, believe it or not, that the national security apparatus of this country tried to stop Barack Obama from making changes to George W. Bush's North Korea uh, policy in the same way they tried to stop George W. Bush from making turn changes to Bill Clinton's. And the reason is because they believe in the status quo. They believe that whatever is in place at the moment works because all of their analysis about everything that's happening in the world is premised on the status quo. So they want to undermine President Trump changing Barack Obama's Iran deal, not because they think Barack Obama's deal is good, and you need to understand that. They don't think that Barack Obama's Iran deal is good. What they think is that it's in place. 
and it is better to have a deal than no deal, even if you don't like the deal, because that deal is a reflection of the current status quo. And so, yes, they are systematically trying to block people from getting to the president to get him not to reauthorize it. In fact, the president has to reauthorize it every 90 days. He's got to certify Iran is in compliance, rather, every 90 days. And they just went through the certification process, though there is ample evidence that Iran is not in compliance. And they did it because of biases by the State Department bureaucracy and the National Security Council bureaucracy, including with H.R. McMaster, that believe a deal is better than no deal, some compliance is better than no compliance, some inspection is better than no no inspection. The problem that they don't seem to grasp and that John Bolton does, and frankly, it pains me to say it, Steve Bannon knew, not a big fan of his, is that Iran can be lying through their teeth in the certification process. In fact, more importantly... What can happen is if you have no deal and you put the sanctions back in place, it becomes harder for Iran to maneuver around the sanctions. But right now, as long as the deal is in place, as long as they're getting certified for being in compliance every 90 days, Iran can run a super super secret nuclear weapons program and we're not going to be able to find it. Not only are we not going to be able to find it, we're not going to be able to track it because we don't have the sanctions in place to be able to track that sort of stuff. That is how North Korea got nuclear weapons. And say what you will about North Korea. North Korea does not believe in God, nor does it believe in Muhammad, nor does it believe in Allah. So it does not believe if it launches a nuclear attack on Israel or the United States, it'll bring back the last Mahdi. It doesn't. Iran does. That's a problem. Neither of them are rational in the way you or I process things. The president should cancel the Iran deal. But canceling the Iran deal means the national security apparatus of this country would have to deal with a new situation that it would prefer not to. And so it's doing everything possible to stop the president from doing what the president wants to do instead of aiding the president in what he wants to do. And that's not the way it's supposed to work. Twenty-six after the hour. Let's go back to the phones. Um, I want to go to John next in Buford. John, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you, Eric? Good. How are you? Well, I've got a question for you, and kind of a statement as well. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying about North Korea, as far as the Clinton um, Bush administration and even the Obama administration kind of catering to them and filling their needs with funding them, but. It's never come to the point of firing a missile over a landmass like Japan. And right now, North Korea is kind of bottlenecked because they're talking about harsher sanctions. They're also talking about cutting off their oil supply, things like that. Do you really think that this is about money or do you think this is about war at this point? No, I do think it's about money. And uh, the reason I think it's about money is because uh, you're right. They've never done this before. Uh, But in the past, every time they fired missiles, in fact, they fired missiles over Japanese military vessels in the past, just never over Japan. They threatened to do it in the past. In fact, they threatened three times in the past to do it. And every time before they did it, the United States paid them money. Uh, and worked with China so that China would buy more coal. And the president hasn't done this. So they've done what they threatened to do three times in the past now. 
Uh, and I really do think it's because we didn't pay them off. And so they're trying to up the ante, trying to do it. Here's the reason why I don't think they actually go to war. Now, again, they could go to war because the guy is kind of crazy, and we all got to acknowledge that. The Agreed. reason I don't think he goes to war, though, is because of China. Uh, China could immediately tomorrow go in there and take the guy out, and China does not want a refugee crisis on his northern border with North Korea. China has already informed them that if they continue to escalate this thing, uh, the Chinese will not help them if there's an American invasion. They have publicly said this. It hasn't been well reported in the American press. It has been very well reported in the Asian press that China has said, uh, hands off if North Korea continues to escalate the situation. Uh, so I think, and you know, this is part of the problem here is that the American media doesn't cover the full story with these statements out of China like this. I think North Korea is doing everything it can to get more money from the U.S. and is grasping at straws. I don't think one of these missiles actually lands. If they do, they would be obliterated and they know it. It is 39 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB. Thank you for joining me, hanging out with me this evening. A uh, quick check of radar, just so you know. There is rain moving into the area. It is on the south side of the city. Uh, it's just now approaching LaGrange. It'll be headed into the Peachtree City area in a, just probably about 30, 45 minutes. It is light rain, though. It is starting to rain out as it gets here. Uh, but it's coming nonetheless. Harvey is going to be another couple of days away from us. Um, but looking, yeah, we're starting to get the the remnants of Harvey are well, they're out there. I mean, Harvey itself is is hanging out over Texas, but we've got we got stuff coming. Uh, we got marine warnings now off the coast of Florida down by Pensacola and all these storm bands headed up our way. Uh, what is approaching us right now is what could be considered the outerest outer outer band <laughs> um, of what we've got. So if it makes it into the metro area tonight, it's going to be light. Um, but just so you know, it is on its way. The Orpheum in Memphis is uh, one of the old theaters, kind of like the Fox Theater in Atlanta. It's one of the old classic theaters in America. And it uh, is one of the places that Gone with the Wind made a premiere. And for 34 straight years, the Orpheum has shown Gone with the Wind. Well, my friends, they're not going to do it anymore. Social media has bullied them. Bullied them. Now, the Fox, you should know, shows Gone with the Wind every year. And, uh, you know, it, it is emotions are raw right now. There's violence in the streets, and, and the Fox isn't really taking a position on what it's going to do. It's, it's not saying it's not going to stop, and it's not saying it is going to stop. Good for them. I think they're playing it down the middle here, trying to let the situation calm down. I, I would be surprised if the Fox, given its historic connection to the movie, Stop playing it. But in Memphis, they are because of a social media backlash. And here's the thing, folks. I'm learning more and more that social media is not reflective of community. Less than a third, I think it's more like a quarter of Americans, 
even use Twitter on a regular basis, if that much, maybe less than that. It's no more than a quarter. And of those that do, a lot of them aren't political. And so you see these targeted backlashes and whatnot on social media. And it's, it's insane that people are caving to this stuff. Now, I say that wrong. It was the Lowe's Grand Theater in 39 here in Atlanta where um, Gone with the Wind premiered. But, you know, related to this is Antifa and doing this stuff. Have you seen the violence in Berkeley by Antifa? They're just going out finding people they think look like Nazis and attacking them. Uh, even Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, and his panel went off on this this morning. Oh, uh, I got the audio queued up wrong. Here we go. Some surrounding controversial speakers on campus. Officers reported at least 14 arrests over the weekend. Nick, uh, this, is, this is an ongoing problem, ongoing problem in Berkeley especially, where uh, members of the far left are using violence to shut down free speech uh, and there to, to shut down demonstrators. Oh, this is new. This is not just uh, scuffles between rival protesters. This is not new, by the way. This has been going on for a while. Right, this is shutting down someone else's speeches with a violent assault. Now you saw the guy in the red shirt there appeared to be trying to help the guy on the ground. I think he was a different protester. Well, I, but it, it's it's revolting. It might have been a reporter. I, I don't know. Or maybe it was a different well, protester. But, you know, also, you know, the police, I mean, when the police see these guys coming in with, with masks, they need to do, I think they did it in Auburn, Alabama, maybe four or five months ago. Take your mask off. Yeah. Yeah. Take your mask off because you have a history of beating people and hiding behind that mask. Take your mask off. Also, I, I resent the branding of these as anti-fascist protesters. They are nothing if They're not fascist fascists. in their behavior. They're fascists in their behavior, aren't they? There's nothing anti-fascist about that. Thank you, Joe Scarborough, for making sense on this issue. One of the few people in the media who has actually said this. It is a, a true, fair point uh, that these people are the fascists they claim they're not. Now, you know, th- these these people really are the fascists. And I, I put up a piece this morning at The Resurgent. If you go to theresurgent.com, you can see it or text WSB to 444-999. And I said, why should people condemn white nationalists if the left isn't going to condemn Antifa. And of course, the left read the title. They didn't read the post and, and they went nuts over the title. Well, because the white nationalists are bad. Well, Antifa is too. And that's the point. The white nationalists are bad and Antifa is bad. They are the same groups. They're on opposite ends of the, of the political spectrum and they've gone full circle. One has a SWAT sticker. The other has a hammer and sickle. They both want to beat up and maim the people they disagree with. But the left gives a morality to Antifa that they don't give to the white supremacist, white nationalists, even though Antifa is the same thing. They are the same. They engage in the same means-justify-the-ends ideology. They're the communists to the Nazis. They are kissing cousins. And if the left isn't willing to denounce Antifa, what we're going to find is that people on the right start saying, well, If they're not going to clean up their house, why should I worry about cleaning up mine? And it doesn't make it right, but it's going to happen. It is going to happen, and it shouldn't, but it is. See, there have been vastly many more conservatives and people on the right willing to denounce white nationalists 
then they're all on the left willing to denounce Antifa. They behave in the same way. They are violent. The, the big difference is that most of the white nationalists are showing their face. They're not hiding behind Klan masks. The Antifa folks hide their face. And they beat up reporters and they beat up the innocent. And the left doesn't want to call them out. And if the left keeps persisting like this, one day they're going to look around and wonder where all the conservatives are who have been denouncing white nationalists, wondering why they're not anymore. I may be the last man still denouncing. I will denounce them till I'm dead. But I don't expect others to, and I understand the sentiment. If the left's not going to clean up their house, they take away the incentive on the right for anyone to want to clean up theirs. Oh, y'all. Sometimes people just, they wear me out. Jim Baker, you know, Jim of Jim and Tammy Faye claim. The televangelist who's back, he says that Christians would start a civil war if President Trump were impeached. If it happens, there will be a civil war in the United States of America. The Christians will finally come out of the shadows because we're going to be shut up permanently if we're not careful. Um, no. Maybe the charlatans will do it, but I don't think the Christians will. Baker, by the way, you know, he served five years in prison for fraud and conspiracy. Um, but he's back. Um, he's a, a prosperity gospel heretic like Joel Osteen and, and the rest of them. Uh, Paula White, the president's uh, evangelical woman who I have no respect for, was on his show recently as well, uttering all of her nonsense. I just, why do people still listen to these people? Are your lives not that screwed up? By the, I just, I have no idea. It's like, who keeps giving Joel Osteen money? I don't understand why anyone would continue to give that man money, and yet the man has yachts and mansion and, and God knows what. Good gracious. Good gracious.